This week on Ultra 64, it's Woody's Roundup featuring Steve and Michaela. Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the internet's single podcast. We're it for the whole one. Everyone else uh, called it a day, so we're it. We're all you're stuck with now. So you have to listen to us talking about Toy Story 2. Buzz Lightyear to the rescue. The Podpocalypse. The Podpocalypse has, has struck. struck. Only Ultra 64 reigns tall. I think it was more of a pod rapture, and we're the only ones left uh, behind. So this pod full of vice and sin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After last week with the Pikachu episode, yeah, I think it was. Uh, so my name is Steve Guntley. I am Woody Siskowski. I'm Michaela. Hi, welcome, Michaela. We are glad to have you here talking about Toy Story. Yay! Woo. This is uh, this is exciting. I I I'm love any opportunity to talk about Pixar because I genuinely love Pixar. I feel like they are one of the best film studios that America's produced. Honestly. Ever in history? Yeah, no, I think they are. I think yeah. they're. I think they're up there. Yeah, hey, uh, I don't think that any film studio has like. We don't really think of film studios as having like. A standard of quality, right? There might be like A24 yeah, yeah, something like that where they develop a reputation as having quality movies, but mostly it's directors that you follow. But a Pixar is something where you're like, yeah, I want to go see the new Pixar movie. Yeah, it's weird to have like a studio that has a signature, you know, like you would recognize a Pixar movie anywhere. And they do, they kind of have a formula, but I think the way, the intelligent ways that they find to kind of play around inside that formula are what makes it great like you can keep coming back to these movies and finding something different you know sometimes you'll find nemo sometimes you'll find dory yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, no they absolutely have evolved and i think uh yeah let's well let's let's get into this a little bit because i think there's a lot to cover on this um let's talk about disney video games first of all because i think that's what we're here for really go to place to start you know we uh there's a handful of Disney games on the system that we're going to talk about. We've played Magical Tetris Challenge so far. I don't know if I, I would totally count that. Count as a that. Disney game. So much. I mean, it's it was a Tetris, just a Tetris game. game with a Disney skin on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah basically, it's like an iPhone case for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's uh, there's that. I mean, I think we have uh, Bugs Life, we have Tarzan, and we have uh, a Donald Duck game, and I think that's it for the N64. And, and the, the one we and played. The, today. And, and the one we played today, of course. Yeah. So that's kind of a smaller presence for Disney games than uh, is typical, like for most of their platforms. I would say like Super NES and Genesis was kind of where they really made their presence known. They had some good ones on the NES. I, I like. I still defend all the uh, Disney afternoon games. You know, the Chippendale Rescue. Chippendale. You know what I really? Ch- Chippendale. Chippendale Dancing Rescue. Chippendale Dancers Rescue Rangers. Uh, you know what I realized? Like I used to think like Ducktales was my favorite one on this. I- I've been replaying those recently, and uh, I got to go with Darkwing Duck. Yeah, Darkwing Duck. Darkwing is Duck awesome. is the secret like best one of those games. It's kind of just a Mega Man clone. It is. Mega but... Man clone still pretty good. And you get a hang from the ceiling and everything. And games it's, where it's, you can hang from stuff, that's like a secret sauce in games. That was one is. of the best things. And Ninja Gaiden is climbing walls. Yeah. Bionic um, Commando. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. And grappling hooks. If you can't have grappling hooks, you should at least be able to hang, hang from stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think generally, I don't know if it's necessarily true anymore, but you used to be able to look at, like, Disney games as, like, somewhat of a mark of quality. Yeah. You know, I think you could count on, like, Aladdin was an exceptional game on both systems. Lion King were you, was great. Were you Aladdin? Did you play Aladdin for Sega Genesis and mm-hmm. Super Nintendo? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Wait, what's your preference? Oh, Genesis. Thousand yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, you got yeah. the sword. It had it actually had better graphics. Way like better graphics, better level design. Uh, the music was a little better on the Super NES, but that's... Also I, had a slightly better genie level, I think, on the Super Nintendo. Did it? Oh, okay. oh, yeah, I yeah, love yeah, those I genie so. levels where you win the inside levels are the fun. lamp. But yeah, no, I, I the graphics were just much better on the Genesis Aladdin version. It just looked so nice. And I mean, the Lion King one was great. There was a really good Jungle Book one. I could never one. get past the stupid level on the Lion King where it's like you're doing the Just Can't Wait to Be King song and you have to ride this ostrich. That's like the second level. I know. That's like the second <laughs> level. I agree. And I couldn't. There's a part where you have to jump over this tree and I couldn't ever do it ever. Oh, okay. And so I've never gotten past the second level on I, the Lion I have, King. I have beat that game, but I, I will say it was a very hard one. Like, it took me a while to play through that. It was harder than Aladdin. Yeah, that's weird. The level actually... You wouldn't think that the Disney games would have such like a high level of difficulty. I mean, the Jungle Book is a pretty hard. Jungle Book's game. hard. Yeah, and I think the only shitty one I think was like Beauty and the Beast. Like that one was like 
just kind of broken. Like there it was didn't a play Toy Story well. game for the SNES that was really hard. It had like a Buzz or Woody's Nightmare level that was like the third level, and you had to just shoot Buzz. Oh, a nightmare! Like you yeah, were yeah. lassoing him, and it was really hard, and it was also really scary. So I had to like call my mom and <laughs> to like have her play it for me, and she couldn't get it, so I just never moved past the third level. Oh my god! Let's talk about that game for a little bit, because yeah, yeah, there was a Toy Story game for it. it was for Super Nintendo Genesis. Everything, um, yeah, yeah, Windows, and then it. I, I played a little bit of that one, but I don't remember it real game, clearly. I remember it, it was pretty good. It, it's pretty good. It has a really cool um, graphical style that's kind of like a 3D sort of computer animated graphics. Like it does. It looks look like Donkey animated. Kong Country. Looks, yeah, yeah, and so it really fits well with the movie. And yeah, you play as Woody in that game, and you throw your pole string as your weapon. Yeah, yeah, and um, you get to swing. Oh, it's there's like the grappling hook. hook. There's the secret <laughs> sauce. Yeah, we need a. Uh, we need to like have a little alarm, like when there's a grappling hook in a game, to be like, "Oh, alarm! Grappling hook! Grappling hook!" I'll work up some kind of like sound effect or something, <laughs> just like. Well, it should really just be the sound. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll dig that up, or we'll just I'll just yeah, yeah, capture yeah. that noise that you just did. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be just like it's gonna be nothing but that for the chameleon twist yeah. episode. It's just that for forty-five minutes. Uh, so, yeah, I think for a while, yeah, you could count on Disney games being pretty solid. Uh, I think that changed a bit once you got to the Nintendo DS era, because all of their games were just really shitty adaptations of their Disney Channel original shows. Oh. So it was like, That's uh, so Raven, yeah, Hannah Montana, your, your there was a Lilo Jonas and Stitch, Brothers. The series. Game. Yeah. Phineas great. and Ferb. Yeah, they were doing all that. And that was kind of where... But really, uh, I was looking at, like, Disney games, like, recent Disney games. There really hasn't been one. Didn't they do that weird thing where you bought the little figurines? Oh, Disney you... Infinity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they did that. High? That's been discontinued. That was, uh, like, a Skylanders ripoff? It was a Skylanders ripoff, and uh, it was the first one to fold, I think. And then uh, Lego Dimensions followed shortly after. And I think I think Skylanders is dead now. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. So they had that for a little while, but that was, like, 2014. It's kind of weird that that... I mean, I guess that the Skylanders phase kind of ruined that for a lot of people because it seems like if anyone could make that work, it would be Disney because yeah. you could like cross over all these properties. You and they buy- did. Yeah, they had the Star Wars. They had Marvel. They had everything, uh, little figurines of all of them. And uh, from what I understand, it's a fun way to play that style of game. Uh, I still haven't tried it. Like, I actually have some of the figurines and like the game for my Wii U down in the basement somewhere, but I've never played with them. I think people just realized that there was just the cap point on having too many figurines and you couldn't have them for all these different games. It was kind of like with Guitar Hero. Like there were too damn many Guitar Hero games after a bit. Too like, many, how many instruments and you're like, I can't yeah. sp- store this. I can't keep track. Yeah, you're right. Because the Guitar Hero games didn't really get that much worse. No, just people no. people kind of lost interest in the idea of that. And how many plastic instruments you can fit in your house at a time. Yeah, yeah. It's It's... So, so so ten years from now, like maybe Disney Infinity comes back and people are like, This is awesome. I I mean but, I'm willing to bet, yeah. 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 So I'm gonna hold on to those figures just in case it becomes super valuable all of a sudden. You know, so uh I think I mean really even with the Marvel and Star Wars games, they outsource those, like uh and there aren't very many of those either. Like the last Star Wars game was um the Battlefront two and people didn't like that and didn't really pay attention to it and like there really aren't very many and the newest marvel game is spider-man and they have nothing to do with that because sure. i have no idea who owns spider-man anymore yeah i might own spider-man at this point i don't I know think Mar- i mean i think yeah steve yeah we, we, here's a, are we writing this check for you i am owed hundred thousand dollars i won in a card game with stan lee i mean i imagine that marvel stills owns spider-man it's just the uh, movie yeah. rights not particularly it's really it's not very clear yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but Disney does still have their fingers in the Kingdom Hearts games, which I looked up. There are 13 Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah. Only two of them are actual I games. I know. It, and they were so about that. Oh, my God. There's 13 games and two games in the series. They, and, and the, I love the numbering on those. It's like Kingdom oh Hearts 1.25 and a half. They're seriously. Yes. I, was, I was looking at it. You're not even exaggerating no. because the, uh, the most recent one is Kingdom Hearts 2.8. There's a two point. There's a one point five, a two point five, and then a two point eight. The new games are essentially patch notes. Yeah, and some of them have just really confusing names. There's one called Birth by Sleep. There's one called Birth by Sleep. There's one. It's an in, uneven. That fraction. sounds like a bad translation, doesn't it? It like, does. So does uh, three hundred and fifty-eight slash two days. 
That's what does that mean? That means uh, I believe it means a hundred and twenty-seven days. Okay, and, and one hundred twenty-seven and a half days. Okay, so it's an adaptation of the James Franco movie where he has to cut his own arm off. That's right. Okay, except with Sora. Oh, he has nice. to use that keyblade. He's a keyblade to saw through his arm yeah. that's stuck in a boulder. Uh, I would pay good money to play that game. Uh, yeah, so there is going to be a third official Kingdom Hearts game finally coming out in January. But I think I liked those first two games, but I think just the onslaught of remakes and reboots, and I, I've lost interest. So I mean, if I if that game comes out and I hear it's really good, well, just with the I mean, the thing to always think of is the ever expanding amount of Disney properties. You you could go essentially anywhere. You could probably go into the Simpsons house in that game, right? Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, now you probably could, yeah. That'd be amazing. Oh man, I would love to have like like a Ned Flanders summon or something like that. You know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Pixar. So, uh, all right, I feel like everybody has like a favorite Pixar movie. Do you get what what's the what's the consensus here? Toy Story is the OG favorite since okay. Earth, but Inside Out has kind of taken the throne in previous years. Inside Out is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. What do you where, where are you uh I I like I'm going to still go with Toy Story being as it's been an essential part of uh of me when your name is Woody in 1995 and Toy Story comes out. It was kind of it was really kind of a curse in I was going to ask about that. It was not that. something I had a fond attachment to. Like I think it's a great movie, but everyone would bring it up. Um, to so, me at school and it just got very old eventually I just sort of leaned into it and I think I ended up dressing as Woody for one of my uh, <laughs> for one of my like college speeches to get elected to some uh, ASB office did that it, work? it did oh that's was awesome ASB school president man hey alright so, oh, yeah. I was gonna ask about that okay so were you Woody you were Woody before this movie because it's a oh it's yeah a they, they took yeah, it yeah. from me oh okay, yeah, okay. I, I've been Woody my whole life okay okay um yeah, and it did, well, I mean, for a while it was just, it was Woody Woodpecker, which oh, people okay. reference, which is, A, a super dated reference, so it's not, it's not particularly insightful, but then everyone would do the annoying laugh. So Woody <laughs> the Cow, yeah, 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 Woody the Cowboy from Toy Story was a definite improvement. Oh, that's a big step up, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I always had, I always got kind of annoyed at Toy Story 2, because I felt like it painted Woody in kind of this negative light. Yeah. Um, whereas I preferred it, but really... No worse than Toy Story one. Well, now do you just lean into it and just say, "Oh, I'm just, like Harrelson," you know, oh, like sure. just own the Woody Harrelson part of it? Okay, so yeah, Toy mm-hmm. Story for you, and we have, we, do, we have two Toy Stories with a Inside Out mm-hmm. creeping up on it. Mm-hmm. I I think mine is still Ratatouille. Oh, oh man, I love Ratatouille. I didn't even like Ratatouille. Oh. That's so wrong. Right. That's so wrong. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's a, an obscure choice. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. I I just I love how intelligent it is and how beautiful it is and i don't know I, I just really love that movie but i mean really great take on critics too oh absolutely peter o'toole in that movie uh yeah no he's the best uh yeah no so i mean i think the, I, I don't I, I think the only missteps they ever had i don't like any of the cars movies sure. i think they all the just good dinosaur. The, oh, the good dinosaur was a really i think that might be their best looking movie but it's a mess. Like We've narratively, it's a mess. It's so weird and it's so slapdash. There, it's empty. And yeah. it's strangely, way it came out the same year as Inside Out. Yeah. It did. Like, yeah. Like, hot off the coattails of Inside Out, here comes this weird movie that's not connected to anything else, and it just doesn't make a splash at all. No, no, nobody, nobody remembers that movie for much of anything. There's a weird drug trip scene in it. Oh yeah, Remember they, where they're they both eat the frog or something, and they have this weird, like their body parts start like expanding. It's just strange. I can't. And, I mean, believe it exists. We'll we'll get into it a little bit, but Pixar has like the reputation of just completely throwing out their scripts in the middle of a production and <laughs> starting from scratch if something isn't working. And that's what happened to Good Dinosaur. That happened like two or three times. And most of the time when they do that, it works out better. But I think that's the time when they just rebooted too <laughs> many times. They were never able to find something that worked for it. They scrapped the entire voice cast. Like, uh, I think Jeffrey Wright was the only one who stayed in the final film. Because they, they completely replaced everybody. Like, Frances McDormand was going to be in it at one point, and they fired her. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that's how bad of a mess it is. You fired Francis fucking McDormand. Okay, you're you're up your own ass. <laughs> so how but, far in the pixel? Like at what point? So this is Toy Story two. We yeah. played a game based on Toy Story two, and what? Where is that? Like the third movie Pixar is third made? movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story two. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about Pixar's history because I think there's some uh, there's a, there's one nugget in here that I particularly okay. love. So Pixar got its start in 1979 uh, because George Lucas hired a team of animators from the New York Institute of Technology to form the Lucasfilm Computer Division. 
Uh, and basically their whole job was to make uh, computerized special effects for movies. So the Genesis effects sequence in Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, that was them. They did that whole um, stained glass night from young Sherlock Holmes, which is a movie no one remembers except for that scene because it was like a really early example of CG animation in a movie. Uh, so, the, But that was them. They produced their first short film. It was called The Adventures of Andre and Wally B. in 1984. Um, but then in 1986, Lucasfilm went all in on a movie that they thought was a surefire hit, a Marvel Comics adaptation called Howard the Duck. Ah, oh, yes. They went in on that movie hard, and it was a legendary commercial and critical flop, like just a total bomb. And uh, so George Lucas was forced to liquidate some of his assets. So he sold off the computer division to a guy named Steve Jobs, who renamed it Pixar. He kept like 40 former, of the Former animators. Atari employee Steve Jobs. Yeah, former Atari, best known yeah. for his work on Breakout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and nothing else. So yeah, he, uh, he renamed the company and he turned over production to an animator named John Lasseter. Uh, Lasseter would direct his first short film that same year. It was Luxo Jr. starring that lovable little bouncing desk lamp that we now see at every Pixar movie. The intro. Uh, That film became the first computer animated short to ever be nominated for an Oscar. And then two years later, the company would win their first Oscar uh, for uh, a movie called Tin Toy. Uh, which kind of set the framework for right. what Toy I, Story Right, we were would be. watching Toy Story with the commentary, and they were talking about how the idea first came to them because what they were able to do with computer animation already looked kind of plasticky. Yeah. Um, so so they, you got to lean into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's a really smart way to approach it, actually. Because even looking at, like, we just watched Toy Story 2 again right before playing the game. And even looking at like the the movie looks really good, but the human characters look monstrous. And it's a big step up from Toy Story One. Oh, it Toy is. Story yeah, Toy One has some very strange. And you see a lot more of the humans parts. in um, uh, Toy Story One, also. Well, except I mean, you see Al a lot in Toy Story yeah. Two. And but they did a really good job with him. Like they they've rendered like acne on him and like bad complexion, like things like receding that. So it's like hairline. receding hairline and the jowls and the, like the arm hair. Like I don't know, it's all very well rendered. Uh, but yeah, some of the other kids look weird. Uh, so in 1991, Pixar entered into a contract to with Disney to produce a feature length film, which of course wound up being Toy Story, which debuted in November of 1995, and uh, that was an instant massive hit. Uh, it became the highest grossing film of 1995. Uh, it was nominated for three Oscars for screenplay and uh, original song and something else. I forget, but um, I think sound mixing, something, one of those. And uh, in 2007, it was added to the AFI list of the best American films of all time. I think it's like number 97 or 96. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty amazing movie. Just uh, even, you know, ignoring the innovation of what they were able to do with computer animation. And when you consider, like, if you watch Tin Toy, mm-hmm. it's, like, five minutes long, and it looks terrible. Yeah. Um, and it's just not that interesting. Um, and so what they were able to do would make a full-length movie in this animation and actually have the characters and story, like, work in any context. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, the fact, you know, it's about toys, so it's going to be animated, but, like, it's just a really well-done story and movie. Oh, absolutely. And so much of it holds up, like the humor and the writing and the characters. I could watch it over and over and over, and it's just so solid. Uh, and some of the best voice acting you'll ever hear in a movie, too. Just like Tom Hanks and Tim Allen as the the two leads, and they're just they're great, and they're they're going all in, and they're they're fantastic. Huge crush on it's it's also like it's one of the uh, it's one of the rare movies we can say from our lifetime that really really changed the industry. Mm-hmm. Like it absolutely did. Look at how many hand drawn animated feature films do you see these days? Like that's a throwback now, right? Because this caught on so it's so popular, and now it's just the standard. Mm-hmm. You know, you just expect I mean, it's it. cheaper, right? Like it's. I don't pro- know if it's cheaper. I don't know. To I I, I guess wonder. it depends on how much polish and effort you're trying to do in you know your hand drawn animation. That's true. There's like a Bill Plimpton style of stuff where it's just like one guy. Oh like yeah, clearly yeah. is drawn it and it's, <laughs> it's rough, but that's part of the style. But not a lot. But, not you won't you won't be setting uh, yearly box office yeah. records with Bill Plimpton movies. <laughs> true. So <laughs> nothing against Bill Plimpton. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty huge to have a movie that just completely changes an industry like that. And uh, uh, so, despite the massive success of the first movie, Toy Story Two was actually never intended for theatrical release. Uh, it was being developed 
by kind of an uh, a B team from Pixar huh. that was going to be a direct to video release, uh, like and the same way they did with like the weird Aladdin sequels. Yeah, and, yeah. I guess Disney kind of got the habit of that. They did for, yeah. like their main series. I don't know why. I don't know why they ever took that route. Isn't that? I always thought that was weird. Oh, they're it's like all Aladdin terrible. was this huge hit, and they're like, "All right, we'll do a sequel to Aladdin, but like, let's not put effort into it, and we'll just release a direct video." Yeah. Why don't they? You know, be like, we're making another Aladdin. Get hyped. Because you know people would see that. And you people know they would absolutely see make that. it great. And so why do they just... It's cheaper. Throw... So you don't have to get the same voice cast sometimes when you release something straight to video. Yeah. And, like, it makes a, it, and I feel like it made a lot of money before it caught on that they were... Really <laughs> they were not good. <laughs> but I, yeah. I think just about every like major Disney release of the 90s has a direct-to-video sequel at this point. And they're almost all like... They exist to undermine the feminist messages of the originals. <laughs> like Mulan 2 is all about her getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Pocahontas 2 all about her going into the white man's world and getting married. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just all kind of very reductionist and stupid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but Toy Story 2 was going to go that route because um, they had most of the Pixar A team working on A Bug's Life. And uh, so they just had these other people working on it. And then Disney saw some of the first reels of it, and they're like, shit, this is really good. <laughs> let's uh, let's pump some money into this and move it up. And uh, they handed it over to Pixar, and they agreed to do it, but they hated it. And they scrapped the whole script and rewrote it in a weekend, <laughs> and it turned to this. Um, and you know what? It wound up being the right move um, because uh, by the time they finished it – and they had a short deadline to finish this too. The deadline was set for late November 99, and they had to finish it by then regardless – so uh, it, it turned out okay because it came out. It was a big hit, and I still think it's the n- highest-rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a hundred percent rating with one hundred and sixty-three reviews. So it's all. I mean, it's a hard movie to dislike. Oh yeah, I don't no. think it. You know, it's not a game changer the way the first one was, but it's just really polished and funny and moves fast, and people of all ages can enjoy it. I, I was saying, like, we, we just watched it, and we're like, you know what, this is great, and I, I teared up, and I, I you know, everything. <laughs> that and, song, uh, that Sarah McLaughlin song, I'm, got, I'm got telling you. you, man, that one, that scene yeah. with Jesse in the box, that just kills her. She looks so sad. She's got the collecting dust Dust, the oh, the dust. Jesus oh, God, it broke me. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a lovely, lovely movie, and I don't think it's one that anybody ever points to as their favorite. And but, I think Toy Story 3 kind of outshined it in a lot of ways. You, you brought up the really uh, astute point that this was was where Pixar kind of found that uh, they realized that when they make the audience tear up, that goes a long way. And, you know, Absolutely. Toy Story 1 doesn't quite do that. It, no. it has some sentimental parts, but doesn't have that Sarah McLaughlin song or those themes of like, oh, this child's going to leave you behind and time, yeah. time moving on. And A Bug's Life is just kind of a bunch of jokes, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, bo- that and Toy Story are most, most, uh, they're <laughs> mostly like just kind of laugh em ups. They're just kind of silly, yeah. fun cartoons. And I like A Bug's Life, but it, it's... This is the movie, Toy Story 2 is the movie where I think Pixar found its really distinctive voice. And it's not just the fact that they tug your heartstrings. It's that they find a way to insert something meaningful into every movie. So this movie is all about fear of abandonment and aging. And these are themes that they'll explore later in Toy Story 3, mm-hmm. which, I don't know, might be the best in the series. It's, I think it's up for debate. Certainly. Sure. It's definitely the movie yeah. that's made me cry the most in my life. It's um, a rough watch. I watched it with my mom in the theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's and it's a great film. I mean, that movie uh, came out in 2010, and it would uh, it would become the one of only three animated films to ever be nominated for Best Picture mm-hmm. after oh. Beauty and the Beast and Up. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and it, it, the Toy Story 4 is slated to come out next summer, and... Like, my instant instinct is that they shouldn't be messing with it. Right. It's, it's such it, a good thing. It's, it's a, a great trilogy. It's a tight trilogy. Uh, but also, like, we were all saying that about Toy Story 3 also. And that kind of blew everyone's expectations that's, out of the water. That's true. I feel like Pixar has earned our, like, benefit of the doubt, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, the Cars sequels notwithstanding. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like they knew what they were doing with Cars. They're like, we're going to make a franchise to sell... Toys. Toys. That's exactly, and they've even Benchies. said as much, yeah. and that's why it always felt so crass to me. And also the fact that they wanted to hang a like tentpole series on Larry the fucking cable guy, mm. like no, screw that. So yeah. Anyway, uh, the one last thing I think we need to talk about with this movie is that uh, it was directed by John Lasseter, who uh, after his time at Pixar, he took over Disney Animation Studio, and he's he's overseen several hits: Frozen, Zootopia, Wreck-It Ralph, like all really good movies, all huge hits. 
Uh, but we do have to mention Lasseter because he was one of the more prominent people outed by the Me Too movement recently. Um, is a, a serial harasser. There's numerous accusations of him making inappropriate comments or unwanted physical contact with employees. And apparently it got so bad at one point that uh, the company hired minders. They hired like assistants to basically make sure he wasn't like oh. making people uncomfortable. Cha- chaperones. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. basically chaperones. So uh, a few months ago, Disney announced that they were finally parting ways with Lasseter after this year mm-hmm. when his contract expires. and uh, But they are going to keep working with him as a consultant or something. So, But yeah, he's out, um, which is a bummer. Yeah, that, that one made me sad. To learn that about that guy, but you know he's a he's a creep. Whatever, bye. Yeah, there's a very unfortunate scene in the bloops. We were yeah, oh, we were just watching God. Toy Story and they have some yeah. bloops at the end, which is very odd in an animated movie. It's very odd. But there's yeah. a scene of Stinky Pete talking to some Barbies, being like, "Hey, you two are really identical twins. Oh, I can get you a part in the new." Uh, the new it's Pixar so movie. Much well, it's grosser in hindsight. Yeah. It really it is. The joke doesn't really work. I don't think those bloops are all that great. No. Anyway, they're, they're but no. that one especially just doesn't. It, it's terrible. It's it's creepy in context and it's creepy out of context. <laughs> and, and also like the fact that Stinky Pete is being voiced by Kelsey Grammer, who has some of his own like uh, uh, creepy issues going on. Like it just kind of made it a little worse for something to slam <laughs> into the bottom of a kids movie. Yeah. So. Um, there are five video games based on Toy Story. So we mentioned the first one for SNES. Uh, we're going to talk about this one today. There's also Toy Story Racer, uh, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, and Toy Story 3. Uh, so Buzz Lightyear of Star Command was based on the animated spinoff series. And uh, that it's came out. Of, yeah, yeah. And that, that came out on Dreamcast, and it was supposed to come out on N64, but it was uh, canceled last minute. And Toy Story 3, I hear, is the best one of these games. Is that like, the sandbox game? It's a sandbox oh, okay. game. Yeah, you, you have like a toy... It's called Toy Box Mode. Mm-hmm. And it, I think they kind of use that engine to make the Disney Infinity thing. Mm. So, you know, so I hear that one's fun. I also had a Toy it's, Story 2 game for the computer that was like a bunch of mini games. Like you could play with oh. those little critters and you played this weird chess-like game and there you had a, an Owl's Toy Barn mini game and like a coloring book game. It was clearly like very cheap to make. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But I played it for hours because I was a kid. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so the movie Toy Story 2 opens up with um, Buzz Lightyear landing on the planet Zerg, and you're like, what? Or Zerg's home base. Right, his, right. His arch, his Dar- the Darth Vader figure. Right, right, right. Um, and you're like, well, what's what's going on in this new Toy Story? Are we going to follow Buzz Lightyear here? And he goes, and then Zerg defeats him, and it cuts back, and you realize Rex is playing the Buzz Lightyear video game. And they cut out, and he's playing on a Super Nintendo. It's very clearly a Super Nintendo controller, and they pan out, and, oh, it's just a Super Nintendo. And it is the nicest-looking Super Nintendo game that you have ever seen. It's like Mode 14 graphics. Yeah, exactly. They really stepped it up. It's like Star Fox and then this. Um, That's kind of a recurring runner in, uh, in the movie is he finds the player's guide for uh, the Zerg game, and yeah. he ends up defeating the Zerg... Uh, character in real life, which is which is fun, I, and it's I, a weird, consistent plot, like a character trait that they gave to Rex because he's still a gamer in Toy Story Three. He's like real into like uh, World of Warcraft and that one, or something like that. Yeah. So this came out in ninety. The movie came out in ninety nine. So Andy is kind of behind the times with his Super he Nintendo. Is, I don't yeah. think there were any new. I mean, I imagine that that Buzz Lightyear game must have come out, you know, five years ago. So he's still he's a retro gamer at this at this he time. Is. He's, he's very. Uh, he hasn't moved on to N sixty four. He's an early hipster. His cowboy hats and his yeah. uh, retro he loves, games. He's in love with a toy that's based on like a fifties television. Yeah. Show oh yeah. That no one's ever heard of. He's post ironic, like before anyone else is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So all right, let's talk about this game, Toy Story two, Buzz Lightyear to the rescue. This was released November thirtieth, nineteen ninety nine. That's about two weeks after the movie came out. Uh, it was developed by Traveler's Tales and published by Activision, and it also released on PlayStation, Game Boy Color, Dreamcast, and Windows. So no shortage of access to this game. It's just so weird. I don't know. I bring this up a lot, but it's so odd when you say, like, a game like this is released on Game Boy. Because yeah. it's a totally different game. Like, it's one thing if you're playing it on PS1 versus the N64. Oh, you yeah. know, you're going to have a couple little differences. But, you know, this is a 3D platformer, so you're playing this on Game Boy Color... It's a 2D platform. It's not the same game. It's not the same game. No, I don't. But like, it. I don't know. But he's. I don't know if you still call it a port. I know. I I assume you do. But also, yeah, it's not going to play the same. 
So Activision, of course, we've discussed previously with uh, Tony Hawk and Vigilante 8, but Traveler's Tales, uh, this is the first time talking about them. They've been killing it for like 30 years now. They are a British developer. They started off with games like uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is still oh one of gosh. my favorite completely inappropriate movie-to-game adaptations have ever. Have you played that game? I have. It is awful. Oh, it's terrible. It is awful. But it's absolutely worthwhile because you get to be Keanu Reeves fighting a giant 12-foot-tall Tom Waits. And it's amazing. It is. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, so, it's so unplayable, though. It's unplayable. But if you can get to that part, I think he's like the first His boss because Tom Waits played Renfield in the movie. I'll have to give it another try. But that game, I remember, has the sorta- shortest sword of oh, any yeah. game that I've ever played. It's, it, it barely goes past your knee, and he kind of swings at a <laughs> downward angle. So whenever you try to attack someone, they just hit you first because your sword is so short. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, at least Disney saw something in Traveler's okay. Tales, regardless Fast. of how shitty this movie sure. is. They saw something in them because uh, they entered into an exclusive contract and they produced pretty much only Disney games for the next decade, including uh, my nominee for the best-looking game of the 16-bit era, Mickey Mania. Did you ever play Mickey okay, Mania? No, I, I played Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse. I'll have to give Mickey Mania a chance. Mickey was Mania that, was is, that, a, that was a Genesis game, right? It was Genesis and Super Nintendo. Oh, it was and, for Super uh, Nintendo, okay. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's like pixel-perfect renditions of Mickey Mouse, and you play through different eras of Mickey Mouse. So there's a Steamboat Willie level, okay. and there's a Fantasia level. It's a lot of fun, and it's really great looking. Um, so they did that game, and they did... Most of the uh, Disney games of the 90s and uh, early 2000s. So this one, uh, we'll meet them again with The Bug's Life when we play that. And, but um, a lot of those, there was also a run of Capcom doing a lot of Disney games. Capcom well, did a couple They did Aladdin. Yeah. And, uh, well, they did. Magical Quest. Did I, they do No, they didn't. I, yeah, I they know did do the Aladdin. Super Nintendo Aladdin. Aladdin is a Capcom game. Yeah, that is. Okay, yeah. And I was trying to remember if they did Genesis or not, but I think they did. I don't know that one. I don't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, uh, Traveler's Tales and Disney parted ways after the Finding Nemo game in 2003, and then they were acquired by Warner Brothers, and these days they work almost exclusively with Lego. So they've produced uh, the entire series of spin-off games featuring Harry Potter, Batman, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, The Avengers. I have played every one of these games. <laughs> I love these Lego games because... Like I like to play them like if I just played something long and difficult, like or, they're, or really they're, stressful. They're breezy. They're breezy. They're they, you don't have to pay attention to them. They're kind of very therapeutic, and if you just spend a little bit of time with them, you'll get hundred percent trophies on it every time. They're the, the anti Dark Souls. They're the anti Dark Souls. Exactly. You can't die. I mean, you could just like lose some coins, but you can't die. They're, they seem like fantastic games to play. Um... If you have to babysit someone or you just – if you had a kid and you're looking for something to do with said kid. Oh, yeah. Who's, you know, six years old or something. Definitely. I don't know how you just have a kid. Or if you're me and you're and a 34-year-old man with no kids and you're yeah, just a loser. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, that's all good. Um, I don't know how you have a kid and then all of a sudden they're six years old. But Yeah. They just, they just congeal yeah. in a gutter and then they walk out. And yeah. No, yeah. So Lego games, all great. Play them. I think uh, Lego Marvel Superheroes is probably the very best one, in my opinion. But Lego okay. Harry Potter is pretty great, too. Anyway, let's get to the game. The game follows Buzz Lightyear portions of the film. So in the movie, we've got it kind of split up. So Woody has been uh, stolen by a toy collector who is going to patch him up. And voiced by sell- Wayne Knight. Voiced by Wayne Knight uh, in his finest moments yeah. since Space Jam. Uh, and he is uh, going to sell Woody to a museum over in Japan. Because he's a bit of merchandise from a 1950s TV show, like a marionette cowboy kid show. Howdy duty type thing. Exactly. So Woody's discovering he has this whole universe of merchandise and he has like a gang. So he has Jesse the cowgirl, Stinky Pete the prospector, and Bullseye the horse, which are all part of his roundup gang. It's weird. I mean, so yeah, he's super, he steals Woody from this yard sale and he continually talks about how valuable he is and Mm -hmm. how much he's going to sell it for. Um, you know, he's got these five, these three, four figurines, and he's going to sell the collection of the yard sale for, I don't know, they just say, he's talking to an airline attendant, he says, this box is worth more than you make in a year. Yeah. So I don't, it's just odd to me that this was this huge, big show in the 50s, and the merchandise for it is worth this much. Like, I'm not saying that old merchant collectibles aren't worth a lot. Yeah. But I don't know, like, maybe this is like a stadium events type of thing where this particular Woody doll got, like, revoked after only going out in a couple, you know, Because he's not supposed to say, there's a snake in my booth. Yeah, exactly. He's supposed to say, hunt down communist children. And then uh, that one, one, Maybe one of the things he slays is, like, highly inappropriate. They just never play that one during the movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so uh, we split up. That's where Woody is. And meanwhile, Buzz and the rest of the toys are trying to find Woody. So it's kind of more of a straightforward, great escape kind of deal. Uh, and it's it's fun. It's a nice like contrast between the two. Because I think you get the Woody part of the movie where he gets to be a little more introspective and think about legacy oh, yeah, and in the aging movie. and time. Yeah. And uh, the the game is just the, – the Buzz parts are more action-oriented yeah. and comedy-oriented. And, yeah, so this game, you only play as Buzz mm-hmm. in this game. Who, I mean, in all honesty, Buzz is probably a more fun character to play as between him and Woody. Oh, he's got lasers. Um, he's got wings. Yeah, yeah. It's a bizarre – I don't know. I feel like the existence of this game and this premise, though, does kind of undercut the actual character of Buzz. Because the whole first movie of Toy Story mm-hmm. is about him learning – that he's not actually a space ranger and he's just a toy. Yet in this game, he has a working laser yeah. um, that he shoots other toys with. And if you just stand there for a little bit, he'll say, like, this is Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Or, like, <laughs> f- calling calling Star Command. And it's like, why, why are we doing this? I, I think it's just because they couldn't get Tim Allen to record new audio. So they just use the audio they have in existence. I'm just saying, like, as far but, as his yeah, character goes. As far as the character goes, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Unless, like, all the toys that he's, you're, you're shooting are playing along. Yeah. Like, it, we're all just indulging his little fantasy here. But also, it's like, why are you killing time if you're gonna supposed to be going to save Woody? You're running around racing the RC car in the backyard. Yeah, this game, I remem- I'd played it before, and I remembered it, like, the basics of it. But it's not, like, just linear play through the levels and then go rescue Woody. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, we're going to say it a million times, but Super Mar- Mario 64 created a movement. It's of, the template, yeah. Yeah, you have to complete these tasks to collect uh special coins in this case they're pizza planet tokens um and so really there's sort of more open world here Mm -hmm. there's still different levels but it's more open world and you go talk to the toys to complete tasks to get these tokens yeah before you can advance to the boss fights well and we're we're coming to this uh i mean for for listeners the episode's already been out a couple weeks but we only just played donkey kong 64 like about a week ago and coming from that, this feels like ridiculously simple. Like, oh, you, you collect two things. You collect coins, which you trade in for a token. Like hidden, there's like five characters that are spread mm. around and you collect all five of them. And you, like, for example, Bo Peep lost her sheep. Yeah. You collect her sheep and give it back to her for a token. And then there's batteries that give you health. That's it. It's and, so simple. Yeah. It's so basic. And the levels are like small and manageable, you know, so you're not just like fumbling around for three hours trying to find something. So it, it that was kind of refreshing after playing Donkey Kong 64, which is, spoiler alert, the better game. But uh, this one had a simplicity to it. This game does not fall into those traps of just being sprawling and complicated. Yeah, your goals are pretty clearly laid out. And and it follows more of the Mario 64 pattern in that sense. You know, Mario had five or six stars per level that you had to find. This is like that. Um, And they usually fall into a couple different... There's one boss fight, so you'll get a token for a boss fight. There's one that's just randomly hidden. There's one you get for collecting all the different five missing things. There's one you get for giving Ham 50 coins... And uh, them one for winning an RC car race. Yeah, but he's an RC car, and you just have to run around after him, which seems very unfair. Yeah. I mean, although I do want that as an Olympic event, just man <laughs> versus car. Like, just who can outrun this car? Let's okay. get the shittiest car and the fastest man we can find and see how we can go. I mean, I want to see that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's all very functional, and it works. Um, the, there's, there's some stiffness to the camera, uh, which I think is just... What it's you still better than most. I do think it's a better camera than Donkey Kong 64 and a lot of the mm. games that we've played. Um, you were able to set it to have a passive camera so it stays in one place a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I realized that's the issue that I have for so many of these games is the camera insists on following you close and constantly turning around. Yeah. And I just, that kind of makes me sick. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. so when it sort of stays in one place and you have more control over it, you can slow down and go at your own pace, and it works a lot better. Absolutely, yeah. I don't know. So I, it, I mean, what would you say is the worst camera we've encountered so far? Do you think it, is that Transformers? Or oh is that, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, don't know if that counts. That was just a fighting game, right? I mean, if we're going with platformers, it's Starshot. Star, oh yeah. Starshot made it. Starshot like, was pretty bad. Um, but uh, and I don't know. I was surprised by how bad the one, camera was in Donkey Kong. 
Yeah, yeah, it didn't really hold up just very well. Walking across thin planks is one of the worst game mechanics in, I hate in, in it. anything. I hate it. And there's a lot of that here. Um, yeah, we, in the first level, you're in Andy's house, and we went up into the attic, and yeah, we had to crawl across these things. And then the the yard level was where I was like losing my shit because <laughs> you had to jump from a chair onto a plant, jump across a couple of plants to make it to this table, and then I kept making it to the table and then falling off. Yeah, I wouldn't say that this game is hard. But pretty most of the time, your punishment is to just knock, get knocked off and have to start at the lower point to jump your way back. It yeah. feels tedious. Yes, it feels tedious. It, it, yeah, it is that. Um, it has a couple of features I really like. So if you hit the R button, you can go into a first-person mode. And uh, this works really well because when you're in that mode, you just tap the Z trigger and you will automatically snap onto the nearest thing that you can shoot, mm-hmm. which is great. It mm-hmm. cuts out a lot of the busy work um, of like and the slow movement that you have with N64 shooters, like with the single stick analog, you know, it's just going to naturally going to be kind of slow. So uh, I liked that fix a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the graphics are I mean, they're a little on the ugly side, but they've got some nice flourishes. I was noticing when you're in that first person mode and you're shooting you can see Buzz's reflection in the glass of his face. And I'm just like, that's just like a little touch that's really like, kind of cool. the characters were pleasant, too. It felt yeah. like you were seeing the familiar characters from the movie. Yeah. Sorry. I, I think that the first, I mean, the first level is probably the most fun level we played, at yeah. least, because it's the most familiar. You're in Andy's house, so it's fun to go to the different rooms. And we're like, oh, I wonder what Andy's kitchen looks like, mm-hmm. um, because you don't see those that in, in the movie. Yeah. Um, and I was dying to see that. Yeah, I, I know you were. There's all that fanfic that's been written about oh, Andy's my kitchen. Yeah, My um, Immortal Kitchen. Yeah, I wrote that. It's really good. <laughs> um, whereas when you're, you know... Once you get to the third level of, like, the construction zone, it's a little less interesting. Yeah, and some of them are not in the movie, obviously, and they just had to kind of pad it out and a it has a he has a double jump, which I appreciate, where you um, press A again in the air and his wings will kind of come up. It makes the platforming a little easier. I just, you can... I love a good double jump. Oh, yeah, I, double I just, jump also I delivers. do, and I always get really irritated if a game doesn't have a double jump. I, Don't ask me why, but I was recently playing the most recent Bubsy game that oh they released no. this year. I was playing it ironically. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right. And you don't have a fucking double jump in that, and yeah. it just feels wrong. And then well, there's keeps, a lot about there's that a lot game about that game wrong. that's wrong. And the fact that he's a bobcat that can glide, that makes no sense I to know. me. Anyway. I, it's weird that the double jump became a thing. I don't know. I just Do you ever think about, like, how ingrained jumping is in video games? But, like, when was the last time you saw someone jump? Like, people, you don't jump much yeah. in your life, let alone double jump in your life. I mean, so. I, I do CrossFit, and, like, people are always jumping in there, but I don't think that counts. It's a manufacturing You're not, situation. like, jumping over yeah. to, to get places. It's not, like, a major and mode of transportation. The, it's not. And the physics of a double jump, like, it's something you never really think about, but, like... It's just impossible. I mean, like, okay, Buzz Lightyear, he has little jets or something, you could yeah. say, something like that. But, yeah, Mario doing a double jump makes no sense at all. No, but he well, lands Mario on the ground. Can't, Mario can't double jump. That's right. No, he lands double, on the ground. Yeah. yeah, and then he just builds a momentum. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so never mind. No, withdrawn. Uh, so some of the original voice cast returns, uh, but we do get a couple of uh, hilarious sound alikes, like mm-hmm. the Wallace Shawn impersonator, mm-hmm. who must be a billionaire from that racket <laughs> yeah. by now. He's out there somewhere. <laughs> He's out there just sounding like Wallace Shawn. I like to imagine that there's a weird, like... Uh, Korean knockoff of my dinner with Andre starring you. <laughs> Absolutely. And and uh, you could start pair him up with the voice of Woody in this game, which is Jim Hanks. Tom Hanks' younger brother, who does his voice uh, in pretty much everything that Tom Hanks is too busy to do. That's unfortunate. It's a little sad, but I mean, I mean Jim Hanks does have his own career, mm-hmm. like as an uh, a, a actor and everything like that, but he does. He'll, he'll, he'll come in and do, like, the Toy Story oh, TV specials. There's the no more explicit example of riding off of your brother's coattails. <laughs> or than living in a shadow, right? <laughs> yeah. Like just, oh, yeah, you sound kind of like your brother. Come on in. <laughs> we'll pay you significantly less than we would him. <laughs> so... He seems to be, and it seems like they have a good He's got that quality Hanks gene in him. <laughs> he does. And, and, I mean, Tom Hanks puts him in his movies. He was in uh, He was in Forrest Gump. He was in... Who was he in Forrest Gump? Miscellaneous Crew. Oh, okay. <laughs> I looked uh. that up. He played Miscellaneous Crew. <laughs> and he also, he did the voice of Forrest Gump on an episode of Robot Chicken. <laughs> so he can just, he can do that voice, too. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's in stuff. Um, but, yeah... Uh, they do have a couple of fresh Tim Allen comments, but mostly it's just recycled stuff from the movie. And then John Ratzenberger is for sure here. No Arlie Ermey, which is a shame, So, but whatever. 
Yeah, so, yeah, we talked a little bit about the camera and the graphics. This game has that Spider-Man thing we were talking about um, from the Spider-Man game where the PS1 port probably uses clips from the movie, whereas this game just uses still images with no voiceover. Yeah, which which is always great. Um, (laughs) And really, I didn't miss it too much because we just watched the movie, so it's like, all right, I don't need to see this again. It didn't even really work with the game that you were playing. It was just sort of a recap of the movie. Yeah. So the tie-in part of the movie tie-in game. It is odd because they're like, oh my gosh, Woody just got captured. Quick, find these sheep and get these tokens. (laughs) Quick, wander around the house at a languid pace. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, the kitchen is full of fire and the basement is full of chemicals. Yeah, Andy's Andy's mother, he goes to cowboy camp and she is very negligent. She's stove on. The, the lawnmower is running, yeah. Oh my Just God. power tools going in the garage. <laughs> oh, man, she is a mess. I think she just immediately got into the wine. Like, the moment the kid is out the door, she's like, all right, this is mommy time. Well, she probably went through a rough divorce. I mean, we do never meet Dandy. We never meet him. We never meet him. I just remember the really uh, uncomfortably awkward joke that the, they did at the Oscars Jesus, go, yeah. where they were implying that she was a lesbian. Yeah. yeah. So, God, that, they were the worst Oscar hosts ever. Well, James Franco was, like, high the whole time. I don't even think he was high. I think he just didn't give a shit. Like, I think he just did I mean, he was nominated that year, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, I, I just think he didn't want to be there at all. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. This has been your Oscar podcast. I feel podcast. like you could have a James Franco podcast that you could actually cover, like, lots of diverse topics. That guy, I have no idea what his deal is. I have no idea how he directs 30 movies a year. <laughs> no. I have no idea where he finds the time. Is I think there might... a student at NYU? Uh, or, like, Stanford or something. He was going to, like, some Ivy League school while he was being in Oscar-nominated movies. I'm just like, dude, where the hell do you find the time? Uh, and also, apparently, he's another creep, so I don't sure. know. Yeah. I, I mean, know. is that is that really surprising i mean like i just kind of assume everybody's a creep at this point like if you like that definitely fits his persona if there's any like celebrity i've ever found mildly interesting there's some kind of creep oh no i'm waiting for joaquin phoenix's shoe to drop i could see that i I mean i hope not but yeah i could kind of i could see it i don't yeah i don't want it to be that way but yeah i think uh this game was generally better received than uh the average than most like movie adaptation tie-ins. I think the PlayStation version is the one you're supposed to play, uh, but this one is actually ranked a little higher than the Dreamcast version. So I don't know what went wrong there, but uh, maybe I think it's just the fact that these graphics wouldn't look that good on a sure. Dreamcast. I mean, I imagine that the PlayStation one is a little more appealing because there's not as much competition for this type of game. Yeah, on the PlayStation, whereas when you're, some of your other options are Banjo-Kazooie and Mario 64, this game's a tougher sell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. So, I mean, I would say it's worth a play. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's not anything you can run out, rush out and, you know, get in line for or anything, but uh, it was pleasant and it played well, and I think it'd be a good... I think it would fit that same niche as the uh, the Lego games for me. It's like yeah, a laid-back, not-too-challenging game that you can play to relax. It's unfortunate just the terms of the... The camera's still not great, and just how much is based on platforming and yeah. falling distances, um, it just seems like it would get frustrating when oh, there's yeah. tricky areas. But I think that if you're a sucker for these kind of games, this was the one you play after all the good ones. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, you have your triple your triple tier, like, excellent platforming games, and then I think this one would be right below that. Sure. But the one last thing I will say about this is there was a little bit of controversy surrounding this game. Uh there was a boss character that had to be removed hmm. because apparently he was fitting into a very like Mexican bandito stereotype mold. So he was, uh, I don't know what the character was. That, is a, that character is not appear in the movie. He's not appear in the, the movie. Act, which is surprising because there would be a very easy spot to put that character in, in like, Woody's, Woody's Roundup. Roundup. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, you could make a cultural argument for that like right. or a, a time period argument for yeah. when. So, I mean, kudos to them for not. No, they did. There was, a, there was a peaceful protest of, like, the local Hispanic community that came out and, and just said, like, look, uh, I don't even know what the character How was. I just reckon- know he had a big sombrero and, like, the bandoliers and a mustache. How did they know? Was he in sort of the early promotion or something? He must have been. Because, um, like, how would they, like, hey, we've seen some of your early working prototypes of this game. We and- are very interested in the release of this game. All right? <laughs> yeah. We have been pouring over the trades, looking for any little bit of information. And what do we find? Uh, yeah. But either way, he's gone, and I don't think anyone misses him, and he's lost to history forever. So good on them, and uh, so long. Adios. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on to our rankings here. Each week we rank all the games that we have played. Uh, what are we up to right now? We're up to 80 games. So this nice. is our 81st game. Congrats, guys. Uh, so, uh, Woody, where are you putting this one? Uh, this is, yeah, I think we're probably on similar pages here. Uh, this game w- was fun. I would put it sort of right around the other games I thought were fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Hybrid Heaven and uh, Mega Man 64. I thought this game was a little cleaner and more playable than those and faster paced. Um, so I'm putting it right ahead of those at number 22. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's not like, oh, it's not a must-have game. No, no. There's no Quake 2 in terms of discovery. Exactly, but. yeah. This wasn't the hidden gem we've been looking for, but this is a perfectly playable, enjoyable little platforming game. Uh, I think I'm putting it in the exact same spot as you are. Um, I would say it's... I would probably rather play Mega Man 64 again if given the choice. I think so they're a, yeah. I'm they, putting this right below that. I think um, that that game, you know, is if you like shooting stuff yeah. in an easy sort of grindy way, and if you go with that, and if you like jumping on stuff and collecting junk, you yeah. can go with this. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, and Michaela, you have one game on this list, so right. this is uh, where, where you put You put well, a lot of thought into this. Uh, of the Disney licensed games mm. that I've played, Ooh. I would put it underneath the Little Mermaid storybook. And uh, right above uh, Lizzie McGuire's Homecoming Dash. Lizzie McGuire's Homecoming Dash. What do you do in Lizzie McGuire's Homecoming Dash? You just run through the school as Lizzie McGuire's little avatar, and you like try to outrun the cheerleaders. Oh, so is, is it like, like an endless runner? runner? Yeah. yeah okay. Like yeah. Okay. I'm gonna play that one now. Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay. Oh, so that, it, that preceded Temple Run then. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. Lizzie McGuire breaking ground. Always. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Just a reminder, we do still have our listener contest going to help decide what game we are going to play for our 50th episode. So go to Ultra64Podcast.com, cast your vote right now. That's open through the se- – what did we say? The, through the 7th? I, I don't I know said. what you said, That's man. You, what make, you make up these rules. That sounds like something I would say. Yeah. yeah so uh, we're doing that. So uh, cast your vote right now. We'll uh, we'll see what we're playing. I have no idea what we're playing. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Mm-hmm. You know what they say, Steve. What do they say? You win when the road looks rough ahead. And you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. You just remember what your old pal said. What did he say? He said, tune in next week ah. for whatever game we're playing on Ultra 64. Next week we are playing NBA in the Zone, 98 through 2000. Three basketball games. And uh, a little peek behind the curtain, though. I have to mention this because Nicole pointed this out to me earlier. We are cursed with basketball games. We were supposed to be recording that NBA in the Zone tonight. Oh, yeah. And uh, our guest host uh, had an injury, and uh, so we, we agreed to push it mm. off. And we played one other basketball game, and that file got so corrupted we couldn't play it. So the system is trying to fight us from playing basketball games. Let's see if it's <laughs> worth it with NBA in the Zone next week. When the road looks rough ahead And, and you're miles and miles from, from your nice warm bed you just remember what your old pal said. We're playing NBA in the zone next week. You got it. Sounds just like Randy Newman. All right, Michaela, thank you so much for being here. We loved having you. And we will see you all sometime. Bye. Next week. Oh, that's the time. It happens We're every a weekly week. show. Yeah. Bye, everybody. You've got a friend in me When the road rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed you just remember what your past said boy you got a friend in me yeah you got a friend in me you got a friend in me you got a Trouble, and I got them too. There isn't anything we wouldn't do for you. We stick together, see it through, cause you got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Some other folks might be a little bit smart.